Hey, it's J Mark Extento here, broadcasting to you from the end of the world. Here to say we are officially in our third arc, and I could not be more excited. We have some exciting things planned for you this arc, including, hopefully, consistent background music, and of course, we're coming to the end of wrapping up the first act of Tabletop for the End of the World. We have a lot of plans, a lot going on, and I honestly really, really can't wait. I also wanted to take a moment to let you all know that we are hoping to create a Patreon soon. We can't believe we've had so much support from all of you. If you all have suggestions for perks that we can offer through our Patreon, please let us know. Message us on Facebook on our fan page, or just directly email us at tfucast at gmail.com. Anyway, uh, that's it for me, and I'll see you at the end of the episode. Previously on Tabletop for the End of the World. He's convinced that playing the game might help wake Kev up. Is that the reason the amulet is staying stuck in space is it's keeping the portal sealed. Where she's written, Best buddy, please allow evil to pass from here without incident. I haven't the power to do Hi, so. Hi, Justin! Ah! Well, there was a lot of screaming for a while, and now the crowd's been silent? There are bodies everywhere, and there's blood all over these stairs and, and the little huts they had in their makeshift village. I can't believe you just killed everyone. You guys just had to walk away. You just have to die. This is an altar, Solinari. She's pretty cool and really hot. Her voice sounds so familiar. I am sorry, Kevin. I do not know who this Lily is. You're not real. You're not real. None of this Kevin? is real. Kevin, calm head. down. finally figured out how to use this Wi-Fi transmitter. This way we can broadcast no matter where... Have you made any progress? No. Every time I go in there, he has another one of his freakouts. He's crazy. Loco. I don't think this is a good use of my... It is imperative that you connect with him. There is something he knows that may be of use to... Escúchame! He is not stable. I would rather face a fleet of PCUP drones than- Do not misunderstand me. You will find a way to connect with young Kevin. His knowledge of true reality and his engineering abilities are necessary for us to- Wait. Struggling, damn it. I can't- I know you were there. You know as well as I how rude it is to eavesdrop on- Yeah? Amelia? Are we okay? Why do you have your guns out? Are are we under attack? Ah, Jamak. No, no, it is nothing. General Yang was showing me how best to clear corners. <clears throat> yes, young Jamark. Now, are you familiar with this type of weaponry? Perhaps I can show you the proper use of a firearm, just in case you... With all due respect, Yang, I... Uh... I'm not really comfortable with this type of thing. More of a talker than a fighter, you know? But, uh, thank you. Pendejo! 
This isn't true reality where everything is sunny and bright. Do you really think- Amelia. Lo siento. I see that I am being rude. I will be on my way. Oh, it's okay. You can just- And she's gone. Come, young J-Mark. I do believe I know some new tricks we can teach your little... Rin, is it? Really? Yeah, that would be really cool. I can't believe you know how to train a cat. How did you even learn how to do that? I mean, did you have one when you were, like, how? <gasps> Strokes. <coughs> what the hell are you planning, Yank? Good day, my lovely, lovely listeners. I, Robin, am back once again with your daily wisdom. This week, I thought it would be fun to tell you about the days before true reality. And before our lives were forever blessed by our glorious overseers at Potroblatt Corporation. That's right. I mean to speak of the days when our country was known as America, as opposed to the current name Duraki. Of course, this change came long before our planet irreversibly fell to ruin. But that doesn't mean we don't still have pride in our roots. In fact, our overseers heard of a holiday once celebrated in the summer that they would like to celebrate again. During this holiday, explosions are launched into the sky, and, much like the nuclear warheads that contributed to the mutants walking in the outer wastelands, they rain down upon unsuspecting betrayers of the status quo. As we all know, much of our history from those days are limited. But station management has assured me that they are working with the overseers right now to gain more insight into the history that led to this glorious holiday. Stay tuned for more information. Yeah, and believe it or not, I actually managed to make it to the top anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny, guys? Oh, just... Cap was telling us this great story about how he... (laughs) And then he went up with his screwdriver, and he... (laughs) Oh, man, you just... You just, <laughs> you had to be there. It won't have the same yeah. effect if we tell it twice. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one, though. Oh, come on, guys. You just be nice. No, no, seriously. I I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Thank you for sharing that. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. No problem. Happy to. So, uh, Mitch, I see you got your dice there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I figured, well, it's been a couple weeks, and you sound like you're in such good spirits, I thought, why not play around, you know? Are you sure it's okay? I mean, doesn't Yang and Lily, I mean, Amelia? 
have stuff for you guys to do? Not yet. He's been spending the last few weeks training everyone, but we got a break for an hour or so while he talks strategy. Well, you know, then I'm not really part of that part of the operation, but that's besides the point. Yeah. He even told me some tricks to get my dogs outfitted with some equipment. Right. All that. Well, let's get in game, guys. Is that good, Jay? Yeah, let's get in. Ke- uh, as long as Kevin's okay with it, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, uh, uh, Manny? Yeah, you know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, well, uh, I believe when we left off, uh, a whole bunch of people had died. Yay. The next few days in the maze, Debilica says very little to you. She never drops her haughty expression, but her posture is different. Her shoulders and wings have a slight droop. She no longer has a contract, so there's no longer a reason for her to guide you. She knows the way to the top, but has no way of safely relaying that information to you. As she leads you through the dark, square, gray, gloomy hallways, you enter a a round room with seven walls and the door, and every wall is a mirror. Okay. Um, are, when we look into each mirror, do we look different somehow? In every mirror, do we look the same? You look exactly the same. All um, The mirrors just are sitting there. They go floor to ceiling, and they touch at the corners to make this room uh, perfectly octagonal. Twilight goes up to a mirror and starts checking themselves out in the mirror. You know... Even though we've been here for a few weeks and quite a while, I gotta say, I look pretty darn good. Not bad. If you've had your fill of vanity, can we get out of here? Well, hold on. I think I see something on my face, or maybe it's just the mirror, and Twilight reaches up to the mirror where their cheek is and starts, like, scratching at it, thinking there's, like, a mark on the mirror instead of on their own face. Like, dirt. As Twilight touches the mirror, their finger... Instead of coming into contact with something solid, it wavers, like an image on a pond surface. Whoa! Did did you all see that? Yep. Okay. So, uh... Twilight takes their tail and uses the tip to poke the mirror again. And, like, slightly poke the, the tip of their tail through the mirror. Only a little bit. The same result. You see the tip of your tail go through, and that's it. And uh, the, the point of contact is... is rippling out what does it feel like on the other side it feels exactly the same as the air around you currently torn not trusting it punches at the mirror face of twilight yeah your arm goes right through as well there is no resistance or contact with anything do i feel anything on the other side while reaching around no you feel nothing while you give the mirror reach around (laughs) (laughs) You, you in fact you might feel more empty now i have an idea Bert, come here yeah. Hold on to my arm. Okay. And then I just stick my arm with Vert through the mirror. Hold on, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> it's a very wet sound for a mirror to make. I'm sorry. It just reminds me of the story Kevin just told. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going in again. <laughs> What's it like on the other side? <laughs> what does he see? Man, am I glad you asked. Okay. Uh, so on the other side of the mirror, Vert, you see 
uh, there's a a woman on the floor. The room is actually lit with torches and a small campfire. Uh, the woman on the floor is crying over maybe what looks like a pile of rocks. And behind her you can see a tent uh, and uh, like a barbecue spit over the fire. This is a cute little quaint campground. So quickly, Torn pulls back his arm with Vert still attached. Well, hold up. I want to know. Was there actual food like on the spit? You'll get to see. Wait. <laughs> yeah, oh, Torn no. looks at Vert. It's like, so what did you see? Well, th- yeah, there's, there's, there's something okay. on the spit. So even if I just say there's something on the spit, that, that'll be fine. Okay, cool. Um, well, there's a woman, and it looks like she could have been crying over a well, a great. I, I need think. to establish a pattern. You're going in again. Oh, no. Quickly punches Vert back through. Uh, pattern established. Vert sees the same thing again. Pulls back arm again. Three times is a pattern. Punches through again. <laughs> <laughs> Vert gets dizzy. Um, roll, roll your constitution. <laughs> wait. Yes. No. That's... Sure. You know what? The third time you go through this mirror, the woman you notice now has stopped crying and is looking at you. Yeah, one moment. And then Torin finally follows through. Oh, no. All right, you're not dead yet. <laughs> Was that to me or to her? Yes. The woman sees you guys go through the mirror, and she sprints uh, into her tent. Well, you know, honestly, that has to be probably one of the less uh, <clears throat> problematic ways that we've met somebody. Torin uses the arm with Vert still attached. Grabs Twilight's tail and yanks them through. Wow! Wow! Uh, Kev, can you make that sound again when you go through the mirror? Because that was great. Thank you. <laughs> ah, oh, oh, oh not, it felt so goopy. It's not oh, it felt so goopy. It I felt did, so goopy. It stopped feeling goopy. <laughs> oh, no. You're the social oh, the one. Talk to the real. person in the tent. It was weird. What person in the tent? I, I, I just got here. Way. What are you talking Vert about? pointing at the tent. Go! <laughs> Dinner. Twilight's like frantically waving their arms like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> she was crying over the rocks. Someone was crying? And Twilight runs into oh the God. tent. Oh my God. I'm coming. What? I'm coming to help you. Are you okay? Vert just goes down on, or Torn gets down on one knee and points Vert with arms straight forward. Pause. I have something I need to address. <laughs> Twilight. Brendan's into the tent. Twilight, dear heart, sweetie. Yes? Did you run into that tent? Yes, God, I did. Manny, you can't see you can't see this, but he's rolling a lot of dice right now. Oh, Twilight. Oh, sweet, beautiful child. Yes. You have chosen to jump into the tent. Of the crying woman. Yes. And yes. the very first thing you experience is a crossbow bolt stick deeply into your shoulder. Oh, God. For seven damage. <laughs> it's the mosh pit all over again. Should have taken that tough feat. You could have just brushed it off. I got 45 hit points to burn. In the in the exhilaration and the pain, uh, you don't see the woman. Your first thought is... Oh, oh God, something is in my shoulder and it hurts. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> but you do hear the, the sound of cutting as uh, the back of the tent is opened with a knife and the mysterious woman escapes out the back. 
Uh, everybody roll your initiative, I guess. Aww. I kind of want to chase after her, but point Vert le- <laughs> on my arm like he's a weapon. <laughs> a long-range weapon. Seriously, just want to use me as a little hand cannon, right? Yes. So wait, how much? I lost seven health, you said? Yep. I rolled a five. Alright. Twilight's back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> back in full power. We should get a page on TV tropes. Twi- Twilight is, is back in full form after... After the traumatic, the traumatic previous experience, uh, Twilight is back to running headfirst into friendship. Oh, quit whining. I've been impaled like seven times. <laughs> I'm about to be thrown like a grenade, and I know it. Oh, no. I just want you to launch a firebolt while attached to my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, do a roll, get up on the knees, point my arm, and you launch a lightning bolt or something. Oh, is that like, he's the first piece, he's the first, he's the first vol on your Voltron. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. When five voles come together, they form a giant we've, robot we've named Voltron. We've gone that route, have we? Okay. So I'm told. It's in the archives. Anyway, uh, rest of the initiative rolls, please. So I have a 10. 17. Five. Did you add your uh, um, modifier to it? Oh, yeah, I have a modifier. 19. Yeah, you go first. Wow. Okay. So you're in the tent. Uh, you, you've been shot. Uh, what now? What was I shot with? That would be a crossbow. A, a okay. crossed bow. And is the arrow still inside of me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Twilight would like to use a cantrip. You can't press to digitate an arrow out of your shoulder. No, Twilight would like to cast a message at the, at the woman that ran out. Do you need wait? Do you need line of sight? It says that I can I can cast it through solid objects if I'm if I am familiar with the target and I've already seen her, and I and I know that she's beyond the barrier. Okay, you can do it. Heck yeah! Now let's assume okay. they speak the same language. So Twilight, I mean everyone speaks common. That's why it's called common. Uh, Twilight whispers in the woman's ear and goes, "Hey, this is your conscience." I think that you should really consider apologizing to that person you shot back there. You know, I think I think that you didn't really want to do that. And they looked kind of nice. So you should uh, should head on back and uh, say sorry. The spell is message, not monologue. No, it's, it's speech. I can talk to them and they can talk back. Screw you. <laughs> they can talk back? Yeah. yeah. The response you get in your mind is... Hold on, I have to do a voice now. <laughs> <laughs> the response I get in my mind is I gotta do a voice now. And Twilight's like, I- I'm sorry? <laughs> no more! I won't let... No, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, God, no. Please, no. Please, <laughs> I have to sit next to you. Please do not do that. Thankfully, it's a one-off. Hello! <laughs> no, that- I'll save that for a better character. Um, No more. No more devils tricking me in my mind. Get out of here. Not a devil. Hold on. Uh, I'm Twilight, and I like to play the lute, and I recently found my ocarina, and I like to bring joy to the world. So, uh, hi, I'm Twilight, not a devil. I know I look like one, but I promise I'm real nice. Glad you brought that up. That was going to be a legitimate problem. I have, I have movement, so as I'm talking this entire time, I'm going in the direction that the woman went in with my full motion. You crawl out of the tent, and you see, sure enough, there is a 
a tall elven woman with blonde hair pointing a crossbow at you. Twilight waves. Hi! I was the one talking to you. Uh, Vert, what are you going to do? Vert's going to hold action. Are you choosing an action to hold? No. Usually hold action's associated with, like, you you pick something to do, and then you could tell me a trigger for when you do it. But in this case, we'll just wait till you're, like, at the end of the turn yeah. order. Okay, Torin. Torin, having Vert still on the arm, charges to catch up. You catch up? Totally fine. It's not that big a space in here. Hold, stranger. We mean you no harm. While I'm pointing Vert at her... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've learned how to set him to stun. You flick a dial on Vert, and he goes to stun. <laughs> I have a belt buckle. It is no longer um, engaged. The woman does not seem entirely entirely at ease. Torin, how about you go ahead and give me a persuasion roll as your action for this round? Strucking hell, I took intimidation because you told me I didn't need it. This is religion all over again. You didn't try to intimidate the crossbow away from her. You tried to calm the crossbow away from her. Look at you. Look at you having character growth. Well, at least it took takes charisma, and that's not at a negative. I'm going to tell you, you'll probably get this based on what I just rolled. 17 plus 2. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. The woman sees you with your, your goofy form, thinking that... This couldn't possibly be a threatening group if they let their friends use the, each other as a jungle gym. She begins to slowly, not not comfortably, but slowly lower her crossbow. And she says, I have already had the most devastating day. I'm giving you all ten seconds to explain yourselves, or I'm going to start shooting again. And I don't even care if I can't win this fight. So does that mean we can talk out of turn order yeah screw turn order you you've stopped the combat for now with the possibility based on what you say of the combat starting up again but you have okay very much startled this this woman okay so to say the least twilight says hi i'm twilight and and this is Torin, and and I point to the gnome clutched onto his arm like a cannon, and goes, "And this is Vert. That's not a gun. That's not a cannon. That's actually just Vert. And uh, we're prisoners here, and we're trying to find a way out. Oh, but hold one moment, way... ally. And Torin just grabs onto Twilight's shoulder, grabs the arrow, rips it out. <laughs> ah! <And> slaps Twilight <laughs> quickly in the face for healing. <laughs> <laughs> to heal the seven points of damage. Oh. Oh. oh, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you. Continue. Um, But as you can see, even though you shot me, we're not here to attack. Um, And we've made friends along the way, like Derek here. Derek's the talking helmet from the basement. Right, Derek? He lets me live on his belt. It is belty? Yeah. Sometimes I dream about flavors. What are they? And Torin here uh, praises Hercules, but also works for other fun gods, like, uh, uh, uh what's the name? Something involving so the sun. Solinari. So so A Solaris. voice in my head says Solinari. Solinari. Oh, okay. Solinari. And Vert, uh... Vert is our gnome with a tendency towards causing harm 
to bad people. You're not bad, are you? I... <laughs> he says, hanging onto the arm <laughs> like a cannon. <laughs> it's like upside down like a sloth, but with an arm outstretched like, you're not bad, are you? Just rub Bert's arm back like cocking a shotgun. <laughs> Vert makes the the shotgun chalking noise. Please, Vert, and... make the shotgun chalking noise. Let's do let's let's play this out. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear uh, the sound of ozone as the energy around Vert's hand begins to heat up as he charges the spell. Just I make the whistling sound. <laughs> you have already assaulted one of our number. The uh, well, you asked her if she was bad, yeah. and she starts crying oh no oh no see the the crossbow is is totally is completely down pointing at the floor she lets go of it with her left hand is just holding it at this point and she's like i think i am bad oh oh no oh no torin why do you keep making people cry and twilight um slowly walks towards the woman and goes, I'm only coming over if it's okay. Do you consent to me coming over to help you? Give me a persuasion, my man. Go ahead. 19. She doesn't react as you get closer. She's just, her head's down. She's now covering her eyes. She's just... Okay. <laughs> and Twilight goes, I won't touch you because you haven't given verbal consent. But we're here for you. Why do you think you're bad? I, I, I killed... Benny. And she actually reaches up with her left arm and she hugs Twilight. She pulls Twilight in. Oh. Uh, and gives, with that kind of deep hug that, that I needed this hug. Oh, it's okay. And Twilight wraps their arms and they're, how much, I guess this is a regular elf, so she's much taller than me, right? Relatively, yeah. I mean, she's yeah. got maybe a half a foot on you. Yeah, that sounds about right. Twilight's five six. She's probably like six foot. Twilight uh, hugs this elven woman and also wraps her tail like around their head comfortingly and like pats it gent like strokes their hair. And goes, it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. It appears it's the right. situation is diffused, and Torn puts his arm close enough to the ground. Vert hops off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're well. Yeah, hey, maybe we get the day off. And he. Vert slowly walks over to the elf. And I, I, for the next few minutes, there's no talking. There is the quiet sobbing of a very shh, desperate shh, woman. Shh. It's okay. Shh, 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 shh. It's all right. After a few minutes of tender reassurances, you find yourselves around the woman's campfire. Can, can we, can we uh, play that out just for like 10, 20 minutes of just crying and reassurances? We got this right. We got time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Roll your. Roll your. Roll your crying dice. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. My crying dice. Uh. All right. That was a nat one on crying. So Twilight's crying too. Sobbing their eyes out. That's a nat one on crying. You start laughing, and it's very inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. It, I you think they're the a little. They're a little nervous and uncomfortable. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But Twilight. Goes, okay, so we're around the campfire. <laughs> oh, now you don't want to play it out. <laughs> Oh, not one. I mean, no, it never happened. My bit has turned against me. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> Delete the bit. Um, so anyway, uh, the bit was deleted. And you now find yourself surrounding... Uh, surrounding. You found yourselves... You, 
I'm gonna take a sip. Hold on. All right. Needs his crunk. Let's play juice. some D and D. That's a reference. This is a deep cut. Anyway, <clears throat> you find yourselves around the campfire. The woman has told you her name is Donnelly, and she is. Uh, she's now traveling alone. She is. Uh, her crying has finally resolved, and she's able to speak like a normal human being. Or whatever elves are. Elf being. Uh, Twilight has been, like, gently playing their lute just nice and quietly. And uh, just trying to help uh, Donnelly relax. And goes, so, uh... And, and was basically regaling their story this whole time via song. But, like, you know, kind of nice. And Twilight mm-hmm. goes, and, uh, yeah, that's how we ended up here. Uh... We we went we've been to a lot of towns and and we visited a lot of people too. Some are good, some not so good. But I assume Torn and Vert are so bored because they've heard it so many times. They're playing rock dagger parchment in the background. <laughs> rock dagger parchment fire. Mm, crap! I lost again. Hmm? You were saying something, Twilight. Twilight looks at them and goes, "Vert, it's because he has bigger hands." Well, I'm trying to outsmart him with, with you know, tactics. I'm just not any good at this. Yeah, as you can see, we're not really a threat to anybody. Actually, the fact that we've survived this long was on sheer luck, if anything else. Believe it or not, your cute story has brought a smile back to Donnelly's face. She really does think, like, oh man, you guys are just the cutest little group of idiots. Thank you. That was it's really sweet of you. Well, that was a little rude. You didn't have to be like that about it. I, I meant it with the deepest respect. You're the first nice people we've met since we've been trapped down here. Who's who's we? I only see you. And the sadness immediately returns to her face. He's like, oh. Oh, oh no, I mean, I, I see your friend. Hello. And Twilight, like, waves at an invisible person next to this woman, fully assuming... Donnelly whips her head around and fires her crossbow out to wherever she thinks you were waving. Torton just shakes his head. The bolt flies through the air, sticks into the wall, uh, you know, a few feet away. And she's like, you didn't actually see anything there, right? That was, he's gone now. I thought that was your friend. Was that, oh, no, I didn't see anyone. Okay. I don't know what more the devils could take from me at this point. Sorry. Believe us, there's many more things the devils can take. But we found a few things we can take from them. It's less than comforting. I have one of their hearts and an eyeball. And a stinger. Oh, and I have a horn. And like, we just start taking out like devil body parts and presenting them to Donnelly. (laughs) Donnelly reacts with an odd smirk, almost like a sense of relief. That's amazing. You, You can kill your devil? Well, this wasn't ours. You wouldn't believe what silver does to them. Oh, goodness, silver. That's... Okay. There's hope yet. How's the Bilico responding to us just freely giving this information? She looks vaguely uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, she's floating over a Torin's shoulder, just kind of... I knew I'd regret telling this to you people. Uh, well, hopefully only one more person will know that we all have a... Terrible weakness. I'm proud I kept from saying a what-do-you-mean-you-people joke. (laughs) 
this entire this entire time that like Develka is talking, Torn, Vert, and Twilight are acting out killing a devil with a with a uh, silver weapon, like 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 a really really crappy infomercial. <laughs> so remember, tell all your friends, silver. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the world of the future. Want to kill your devil? Having troubles with them? Silver is the answer. Make it a liquid. Put it on your weapons. What we got is one of these here moving pictures. These moving pictures will tell you exactly how to kill us, how to kill your devil. You're, you've made Donnelly smile again. She seems genuinely, uh, genuinely happy to hear that you've killed your devil. In her words, oh, if only I'd known. If only I'd known a few hours ago. Yep, we killed our devil. Yep. Debilica behind you, you just hear her say, You guys are sick. Uh, Twilight, with their tail, kind of like met, uh, puts it up where Debilica is and does a horizontal swiping motion as if like zip it. <laughs> but like still looking at Donnelly, so it's like really subtle for t- to everyone but, but Debilica. Yeah, you seem to have cheered Donnelly up a little bit here. So, so were you down here with somebody? Yeah, my... My husband and my daughter. Uh, I'm afraid it's just going to be me now. Oh no. Did Vert kill them? (laughs) Did the big bad Vert kill your family? Twilight covers her mouth and goes, Oh no, I said that out loud, didn't I? But Donald... (laughs) Torrin's eyes actually kind of widen and he's like, just does the... (laughs) <laughs> no no swiping motion over the neck Bird starts looking up and says you're making one mistake what do you mean one wait no Donnelly says no I killed them well my husband and she points at the pile of rocks that you saw her crying at before Torn crouches down to Vert for once you're telling the truth you didn't kill them see my my devil my daughter ran off into that hall of mirrors and we followed her out what we thought was, you know, the only exit, but we never saw her again. We came back to camp, and the this devil-ghost thing that had been following us said if, if I killed my husband, he'd tell me where my daughter was. It seemed like like the right kind of sacrifice, I guess. Did, did your husband agree to it? I didn't. I wasn't really in the best frame of mind at the time. And she looks at you with these wide hollow eyes it would have meant my daughter is safe but after i did it the devil disappeared i i got nothing for making that deal less than nothing that well that's not right torn in the background kind of backs up a little bit and does like the hand over the mouth to talk to debilica do you see a child in that hall of mirrors use your special eyes devil spawn you know I can't tell you that, dear. Uh, Twilight um, goes, uh, Donna Lee, could you give us a second? I suppose. Okay, and Twilight starts walking back to the tent, um, away from the campsite. Kind of gestures for the boys to follow them, but is actually wanting to talk to, Bil- to Debilica. Yeah, Debilica's in the, in the huddle, too. Okay, so Twilight goes, this doesn't... This doesn't make any sense. I thought you said devils only rules. They couldn't break a deal once it was made. They can't. It sounds like someone here is not playing by the rules unless there was some kind of trick to it already. Uh, uh, 
it would have had to have been some kind of monkey's paw situation. Let me see, what could work? Uh, already knew where the daughter was. Uh, daughter wasn't, uh, wasn't missing. Daughter's nearby enough to say that they'd found it. The daughter was the father the whole time. Daughter was the father the whole time. Yes, very common. It would be a top-notch corruption. Truly. I, I, if that were really the case, that's impressive to suss out that much information. Hey, Vert? Mm. What do you think? You're the, the smart one among us, or at least you read a lot. You use magic? Well, wouldn't it be... And he faces over to the Billico. Wouldn't it be within your best interest to find out whether or not there was either trickery or some kind of deal was broken by her devil thing? And I suppose I could ask around the water cooler. Whoever was assigned to Donna Lee must have had some kind of trick up their sleeve. Really, this was a top-notch corruption. As soon as Collections comes to clean this up, someone's going to get a promotion. So, either you can have someone new to schmooze with, or you can have some information to uh, go against them. You can bring down a hated rival and rise the ranks. Ooh. And wouldn't that be worth a little something on our end? You know what? Each of you collect... Both of you roll a persuasion roll on that, (laughs) because, damn it, that was clever. Using a skill I don't even have. You're rolling it together. We're going to try something here. Okay. Nineteen. Plus my charisma of two. So 21. Uh, I got a 12. Okay, I'm going to say combined, you guys did well enough. Uh, Debilica says, hmm, you know, that just may be useful for me. Okay, I'll be back as soon as I know more, guys. And then her image flickers and she vanishes. Well, heck, that worked. She's gone! (laughs) Okay, well, don't say that out loud. Donna Lee thinks we don't have a devil. Who's gone? What are you guys whispering about? Would you like something to eat? You have food? She points to where on the spit roast she has a hunk of plants. Like some kind of thick, rooty vegetable. Like a potato, but it's like white. That, so- that sounds good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's go eat. We shall feed and grow strong. There were, uh, there were three of these white... Uh, white root vegetables on the spit roast yeah you guys can can totally eat some so uh and uh as as i start eating i'm just like "Mm." uh (laughs) twilight just starts playing uh that same song that they played for the little girl the really bittersweet one uh off their ocarina and uh it's kind of taking a moment to just enjoy the music while you two talk to Donnelly. Torn's munching on the potato. I think I still have the taste of devil in my teeth. Yeah, that, um, that, that was just nasty. So- he was crushing my spine. It was either bite him in the face or nothing because I'm out of acid. I was. Just looks at Donnelly. I spit acid. Oh, um, it's quite the icebreaker. And Facebreaker, too. Not really, if you're a dragonborn. I wouldn't know. Only ever been an elf. How long have you been down here, though? A few months. I honestly thought he was going to ask how long you've been an elf. Whole entire time. Still an elf, born an elf, in Elfland. I'm not actually sure what the elven <laughs> homeland's called. I could look it up. Elfland. 
Ride the alpha coaster. The North Pole. What kind of elf is she? She is a high elf. Tall, blonde hair, pointy ears, green eyes, the works. Born of nobility to serve Santa. The kind of elf who's usually more inclined towards, uh, their whole race is more magical. According to the rule book, high elves are from the Feywild. Okay, well, she's from the Feywild. Feywild. Uh, and now that... Now that we've established that for this minor character, I did not intend to have this much screen time. Uh, She's become so important. <laughs> if you don't want her to be that important, progress the plot. Okay, and with that, Debilica re-enters. See? She, yeah, she flickers back into existence. Twilight looks at Torn and goes, did you just say progress the plot? And then suddenly Debilica shows up and goes, ah! I mean, are you guys, so you guys are okay with everything you've learned so far? So, wait, look, can we do a quick recap here? So... Donna Lee killed her husband to save her daughter. There's some devil yep. out there who was able to get out of fulfilling a deal or was mm -hmm. able to trick Donna Lee into thinking the deal was appropriate. Before Debilica uh, says anything, can I ask Donna Lee a question? Of course. Uh, Donna Lee? Uh, yeah? What exactly did your devil say to you and what did you say back? What were the exact words that were made in this deal? Torn nudges Vert to, like, write it down. Quill and parchment is ready. And dagger. You can read and write. Hurry up. That's Torn's job. <laughs> Vert, Vert, Vert takes out the quill and parchment, and then uh, Torn takes out dagger and just stabs it and goes, I win! <laughs> 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 Why aren't you writing? Go! While daggers pin the parchment to the ground. Can't use it. Now it's been defeated. The paper loses all its hit points, and now you can loot the body. All one of them. It was so close to leveling up. It's tragic, really, but in this universe, death is permanent. How many XP do I get for the paper? Two. Uh, and it drops six gold and a pair of pants. <laughs> and the plot progresses. Torn says to nothing in the sky. <laughs> Donna Lee explains to you... Well, it all started when we were we were camped out one night, and... I woke up to these noises. My daughter was already gone from the tent, and I saw two, three devils, just one hand over her mouth, carrying her away into that hallway of mirrors. She'd, I, I, she struggled, broke out of their hold, and ran. And before I could catch back up with her, they were through the mirror. I jumped through, and they were gone. I chased down that hallway as far as I could, and I didn't see anyone. And then I returned to my husband, devastated. We looked for hours before, before our devil finally came to us. He told me, just me, that he knew where she was. He, he knew to pick me. He knew how desperately I loved her. He said that I will tell you where your daughter is if you can kill Benny. And I didn't even think about it. I, God, his back was to me. And then the devil just laughed. And then he vanished. Oh, no. So you didn't, you didn't respond to him? You just did it? it yeah. Oh, you didn't. I thought that was it. You didn't actually make a deal. And my daughter is still gone. And then behind you, you hear Debilica say, 
It's definitely a little more complicated than that, I'm, I'm afraid. And, uh, Twilight, like, acknowledges Debilica without actually looking at her. Like, prompting Debilica to keep talking while comforting Donnelly. Yeah. The, the devil's name was Ingdok. He, he knew something about her that she didn't know about her own situation. Donna Lee doesn't have a daughter. Yeah, she never fully signed a contract, but the truth is, even if she had, he didn't have to tell her anything. The promise was for something that, to return something she'd never had in the first place. It was a grade A deception, truly. Donna Lee, what's your daughter's name? Gerhardt. She's, uh, she's, uh, I guess by mortal standard, she looks to be about 12. You know, long blonde hair, green eyes, just like, just like her mother. And how old is she? Well, you know, we're, uh, the elves are a little different. Uh, she's about 40. Donna Lee? Yeah? Do you remember the day she was born? Of course I do. Uh, she's in so much pain that day. Uh, the, the matron mages were all around me, holding my hands, giving me lots of anesthetic magic, making sure that everything went just as flawlessly as possible. There were so many fears about complications and, and fears that even the gods might not be able to have her, and then, sure enough, as though by a miracle, there she was. We were so blessed to have her. The crying was so loud for so long, and then the doctors took her away to make sure she was fully, fully healthy, and they brought her back to me. I remember holding her so close, and she fell asleep in my arms immediately. It was, she was just the, the nicest child. She, you know, she never fussed. She was so easy. I was, I was always told the first one would be so difficult, but she was so easy. Go ahead and roll insight, all three of you. I was literally about to ask if I could roll insight, so that's perfect. Can I roll perception instead? Uh, insights to read a person. What, well, what are, you, what are you looking for with your perception roll that would be different from reading a person? Maybe any signs on the face of, like, confusion or doubt or deception? Okay, so you're looking for some sign that, like, maybe she's... Possibly... If you're looking for a sign that she's she's lying or telling something that she wouldn't know, I think that would still count as insight. Yeah. I got a 16, by the way. All right, I'll roll cool. for insight. Yeah. Sorry, man. You tried. But my rule is absolute! <laughs> so, 15. Hey, Mitch. Okay. Mitchie. Yeah? We're, we're still in a hospital, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh... Yeah, sorry, everyone. Ooh. Okay. I mean, most of these guys are already unconscious, right? Uh, yeah, but, I, you know. Are you telling or asking them? I was asking you guys. I don't really want to talk to as many of these people as I can avoid talking to. No, I fine. can't see you're anything. Just... Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, uh, my rule is absolute. Shh! And she... I'm sorry. Okay. Shh! Sorry. Okay, guys. Um, your, your role tells you, all three of you can tell, she's telling the truth. To the best of her knowledge, all of this happened and is true. She, like, her, her face is not... 
she's not looking shifty. Uh, she's not giving you all the signs that you know of a liar. She is she is re- recollecting something that's pure, beautiful, and, and burned into her mind. Uh, okay. And she is uh, she's crying again. So good job, guys. So Twilight is gonna take Donnelly and start comforting her and kind of gesture to Vert to try to get answers out of Debilica as to how this could have happened. Debilica just quietly looks. He uh, beats me. I don't know, I don't have access to the full case file, and I don't know how I could do that without finding Ingdok. I'm not sure where he is right now. What I can tell you is that if if this cohort of, of targets has separated and the devil's done his work corrupting them, that daughter should have a devil with her somewhere. Or has been taken care of? Sounds like she was kidnapped for some purpose, although I'm not sure why. Alright, so, this, this, Gerhardt, you have no idea where they are? I, I have maybe some idea where they might be, but I, uh, it's getting a little crowded around my cubicle right now. Um, I'll help you out how I can. It, it's... And then, and then her her pitch completely changes. It's like, and it's so funny the way you're struggling. Truly, oh, so I swear, only a few more days, and you'll all be mine. Mm, exactly. It, it's been such a rough, rough time. Um, the oh, the suffering, oh, the agony. Ha ha ha! Feel the infinite pain that I have brought upon your mind every day. So, yeah, um. You know what would really, really, I think, bring bring the immense suffering around? I mean, two birds, one um, uh, person. You help us get connected with this Gerhardt, and we can drive this elf mad. And uh, you see Debilka sort of look off into the distance, like in or around her cue ball. She goes, uh, Stabathan, Stabathan, dear, I heard about this Great little corruption Indoc pulled recently, and the... Yeah, that one. No, the little girl who was with them. Oh. Ooh, unfortunate. Oh, well, thanks. Oh, yeah, no, I owe you a coffee. Sure. Okay. All right, bye. No, I'm not available for Friday. No, we've talked about this. Stabathin, this is inappropriate workplace conversation. Okay, all right. Oh, no, no. Try again on Monday, I'm sure. All right, bye. Hmm. Can't believe you guys made me talk to him. I really hope that one day, Mitch, we can see you have a sex scene with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Both voices, all the positions. Uh, I I don't know if I'm allowed to make those kinds of videos. (laughs) Debilica sort of gives you a little like head nod into back into the room of mirrors. Okay. And Twilight's in the back going, "It's okay. It's all right. We're going to get this figured out together, okay? We're going to figure it out. It's going to be all right." Thank you. All right, Vert goes in, into the the room. Yeah, you follow her in. It's the same room, uh a hexagonal room of mirrors with one, apparently only one exit or entrance. So, uh, what what did you find? You see, in Doc, as I said, as I predicted in my glorious knowledge, Indoc did indeed get a bit of a promotion. 
He's been up the ladder, as they say. He may be uh, training the next uh, generation of devils. It's a very proud moment. Unfortunately, even though the girl was taken somewhere nearby, I'm sure you'll never be able to find her. And as she says this, her image moves to a mirror that's uh, 90 degrees to your left. And she moves to that mirror, and you see her image uh, float halfway through the mirror and then come back out, and then halfway through the mirror and then come back out. There's simply no way you'll ever be able to determine her location and halfway through that mirror and then comes back out, and then halfway through that mirror and then comes back out. It's simply impossible, you see. A pattern. And Twilight... (laughs) (laughs) Twilight's still comforting Donna Lee, so whatever's going on, Twilight has not noticed any of this. So you comfort the grieving widow, Vert and Torin go adventure. Yeah, so Vert sticks his hand back into the room where Donna Lee is and just kind of snaps his fingers and then just makes the, the, the come hither with his finger and then... Stands there for a second in front of the other one where Tabulika is standing from. Uh, does Torin follow? Yes. Okay. So we go into that one now. <laughs> okay. And Twilight uh, saw the snapping in Thither too, and goes, All right, come on, Donnelly. We're going to try to find your daughter. I, I don't know if I'm ready to go anywhere quite yet. You've got... She sees Benny's, uh, Benny's grave, his pile of stones sitting there on the floor. And she looks up at you and is like, I just, I don't think, I don't think I'm quite ready to go. Twilight gets down on one knee and like gently caresses uh, Donnelly's face with her tail and says, listen, you did that out of love. And even though Benny didn't know, I'm sure he would understand you did it out of love. If you stay here, if you don't take a chance at this, what was this all for? Uh, give me persuasion roll. 14? Oh, 15. I am unfortunately not going to give this one to you, buddy. That's okay. Uh, she collapses as though the, the strength has just been ripped out of her. Twilight really quick goes into the tent and rummages around for like a blanket. Is there a blanket in there for her? Yeah. Okay, Twilight comes back out and gently lays the blanket uh, over Donna Lee to like keep her warm and comforted. And Twilight gets down on, on one knee and gives Donna Lee a uh, dagger, one of their daggers, and says, listen, it's not safe to stay here, but use this to protect yourself, okay? We'll be back, and we're going to bring back your daughter. She uh, is laying on the pile of stones now, holding the dagger in one hand, the crossbow in the other. It, it, she's halfway between a full-out crying fit mm-hmm. and a defensive position. And all she does is just nod at you. And Twilight, uh, upon granting the dagger, also gives her a bardic inspiration. You're not just living for yourself. You're living for her. So live. In her eyes, you see the one thing that you hadn't seen there so far, and that's a little glimmer of hope. She has her bardic inspiration. Okay. And Twilight goes through the mirror, uh, going after their friends. Dear Stephen. We see you. You sit on your couch, streaming endless shows from our pre-approved options in our archives. A program about uncivil servants attempting to build a community park despite the protests from the people. 
a show about encroachers pursuing higher education in a very efficient public college. Are you still watching? You pick up your remote. You begin clicking endlessly through available programming. A historic look at the dangers of 1980s nostalgia. Are you still watching? A program about a group of colleagues betraying each other so they might be able to sleep with each other. Are you still watching? Or perhaps you prefer the cautionary tale about what happens when children disobey their assigned guardians. Are you still watching? Of course you're watching, Stephen. You're watching because this is all you have. Your life is a deep, empty void. A void that can only be filled by living vicariously through those on the screen. You watch, Stephen, because you are compelled to. You watch, Stephen, because there is nothing else. Are you still watching? Yes. Because if you can't do, at least you can watch. Poacherflix, powered by True Reality. The group crosses through that second mirror into another dark, gloomy hallway, and about ten feet in front of you, the hallway ends, the floor gives way, and there is a ladder. As you descend the ladder, it takes whole minutes, descending just into pure darkness. Ladders. Why did it have to be ladders? Because I decided I downward movement would be more dramatic for this particular scene. Well, Derek must feel right at home. <laughs> oh, finally, we're going downwards. Downwards is what I'm used to. You reach the bottom and find that it is well lit. It's it's a much wider space. Uh, instead of torches, there seem to be some kind of uh, ambient... There seems to be, like, ambient lighting from the ceiling in these big rectangular chunks, uh, evenly spaced across the ceiling. Uh, you know, the roof is, or the ceiling is now high enough that everyone can walk very comfortably. There's a little more breathing room. Uh, it looks nice in here, guys. A little bit more like the, uh, more of the mansion-y parts of the maze than the dungeon-y parts of the maze. Hmm. Uh, and as you, uh, reach the bottom, you see one person come around, turn the corner, just a just a human, just a guy. And he sees you and he looks so excited. He's like, oh, wow, you guys look fantastic. Okay, well, uh, hurry up or you're going to be late. And he motions for you guys to follow him and then he disappears around that corner again. Uh, we, I, I'm following him. Twilight heard somebody compliment them and goes right on after them. <laughs> Sword and shield at the ready. Torin shakes his head and follows after the party. Yeah, no, you, sure enough, you follow, and you turn the corner. Uh, the guy is waiting at a, he's, he's in front of a, a hallway of doors now. Uh, there seem to be, uh, six doors, uh, three on either side, and then a big seventh golden door, uh, at the end of the hallway that says, keep out, forbidden. Uh, and he leads you into the first door on the left, he's like, there, come on in, guys, orientation's about to start. 
and uh, he sees he sees you Torin with your sword and shield out he goes like oh man wow you're really getting into character no no we don't need any of that right now no just come on in here yeah just put it away it'll be fine puts the sword back in the scabbard of the shield and follows twilight also goes in and what you see before you in this beautifully well-lit room uh it's carpeted there's some house plants there's like some filing cabinets and at the very back of the room is a little stage the room is filled with people there's maybe 50 people in here and at the very end on that stage is a man looking down over the group of uh, different kinds of sentience you see you know you see your humans see your half orcs you see a nice a nice mix of the races and the genders and all that an even spread of people one might say and this person looks down at the group and he's like, is everyone here? And, uh, you know, someone off to the side is like, yes, everyone's here. It's like, okay, let's get started. First off, welcome to Orientation Day, everybody. Hold on, can you give this guy an English accent? Because that would be amazing. Like, an Eng- All right, like, a, like a foppish English accent? Sure. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Happy Orientation... Uh, nope. <laughs> Less Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, baby. Happy Orientation Day, everybody. Now, I know a few of you have been recently promoted up from Lemures. Congratulations on that. I'm also aware that some of you have much more experience. Uh, for those of you who have decided to join our team after working for other Archdevils, we thank you for believing in our mission statement and for risking eternal torment to join the biggest startup in the Ten Hells. Twilight starts clapping and jumping up and down. And so does everybody else in the room. Go ahead and give me religion checks, you guys. Oh, boy. The one thing you told me not to have. Oh, this old <laughs> chestnut. Never going to let that go. I did not plan for it to come up nearly as much. Okay. 18 minus 1, so 17. Twilight got a 5. <laughs> Vert got a 21. Okay. Lord. So what everyone knows is that there's Except only nine hells. No, Twilight gets this one. There's only nine hells. I am aware! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I'll be quieter. I'm sorry. Go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, man, I'm bad at this. Okay. <clears throat> it's okay. Hey, hey. You can listen to this later. We're recording it. It's fine. Um, you know, everybody knows... Because it's common knowledge that there are only nine hells. What the rest of you know is that each hell is, not Twilight, the rest of you, know that each hell is uh, ruled by the highest rank of devil known as an archdevil. With the, the lord of the nine hells being the highest archdevil, Asmodeus. So when this, this guy, this just human looking dude is saying welcome to the ten hells, it, it's, it's pinging a few weirdnesses in your head. You also know that Portablat is not the name of one of the nine archdevils. And anyway, the speech continues. I would also like to thank each of you for coming in your mortal disguises. I think that is excellent. While you're here in Porterblatt's school of awfulness and treachery, you will be asked to remain in your disguises, because once you're on the material plane, if that's where you're going, uh, you will have to stay in those forms at all times. This is the only way to properly train us. Now, uh, before I get into the speech proper, I'd like to do some housekeeping. Please make sure your communication orbs are turned off or set to vibrate for the next few minutes. Uh, please do that now. Also, 
I am aware orientation might seem a tad infantile for centuries-old torture masters such as ourselves. Uh, many of you might see this as a little exercise, as a, as a hindrance, and uh, you may be already looking for a stealthy way to exit. And in that spirit, I have taken the liberty of removing the door. Just to check, you guys turn around, and sure enough, where there was once a door, there is now a stone wall. I can take that wall. <laughs> what follows next is a three-hour speech, it, and it begins most wholeheartedly. The man, wearing his full three-piece suit, puts a hand to his chest and says, I am the new headmaster of Porterblatt's School of Awfulness and Treachery. My name is Ingdok. And while you're here, I will be explaining the ins and outs of the Tenth Circle of Hell. Now, some of you may already be aware we do things a little differently here. Each devil will be divided by skill level into one of three divisions. The most skilled devils will be sent to acquisitions, which means being sent to the material plane to research mortals with unsavory motivations and begin the corrupting process before marking them and sending them here. Uh, below that is services. These devils are given a share of Portablat's power that they can exchange for favors that corrupt the mortal into their chosen depravity. Uh, classes will be held about best determining each mortal's convictions and how to get them to into desperate situations where they must break those convictions. But uh, if you're not much of a talker, there's always the collections agency which is uh, when you get called in to harvest the corrupted souls in the name of Master Portablat, so we can move the services agent to the next target. Are there any questions? Twilight raises their, their hand and tail, like, really high. Uh, yes, you, the tiefling. Hi! Oh, goodness. Not, not stretching the, uh, the illusion very far, are you? You still have your horns and everything. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I really like to just kind of... Hide in plain sight. You know, I like to think that that's how that works. Uh, but I have a question. What, what if, what, what, what if we make a deal and they break it? You know, what if they decide they don't want to fulfill the deal and then what happens then? Well, that's more of a question that we will save for a services class, which uh, it sounds like you're already reaching for, uh, reaching up the middle of the ladder, which is... Riveting. I, I think after that question, I'm going to ask that all questions uh, will, will be put on hold until the end of the speech. Thank you. What follows is a three-hour-long orientation speech. I'm going to roll to see if I fall asleep. Uh, constitution. We can safely assume after flipping off multiple people, Torn went to sleep. 17. Wake me when the killing starts. Twilight manages to stay awake during the entire speech, which means you now understand how to properly uh, send a message to the HR department, and you now know how your PTO works. <laughs> Torrin's just head leaned back asleep, drooling acid on the floor. Hold on, this is actually important. Can you tell me how to send a message to the HR department? Yes, uh, uh, he has drawn the correct gif, uh, glyph, excuse me, it's pronounced GIF. He's drawn the correct symbol on the, uh, there's a whiteboard at the back of the room. Uh, and he says that if you can scrawl it into one of the devil-enchanted communication boards, it'll be sent to uh, whichever HR head is in charge of your department. Okay, and how does PTO work? You acquire uh, a day of PTO every 200 years. 
and it is it is it is cumulative and it's it's uh so you know after 400 years you'd get two like you don't have to like use it as soon as your 200 years comes up um but you do you also earn it in like sections so like after after a couple decades you know you get your first hour and you could turn that in when you want but like the the exchange rate is 200 years to one day Oh, and you're not off on holidays, but that's because you're expected to work hourly. Mm, go figure. Okay, yeah. so Twilight is diligently writing all this down. Uh, Vert, did you fall asleep? Uh, Vert got a 13 on his constitution. Uh, drowsy, but still okay. awake. Okay, Twilight borrowed uh, one of Vert's quills and parchments and is writing all this down. And like... Twilight being who they are is low-key forgetting what they're there for and is, like, really getting into this information as, like, starting to plan how to climb up the ladder. Sure. Um, and after the speech is concluded, Ingdok announces, uh, and now if you'll all turn to the back there, I have, I have allowed you all to see the door once again, and we will begin the tour of the facilities. And slowly everybody starts shuffling out of the room. Twilight jabs... Uh, torn awake and and like gestures to follow the group for honor he dreamed about a shitty video game if you guys haven't run into that within the archive dodge it mm, i don't think so you forced me to play that with you and it was not worth it i didn't know it was bad until we played it yeah never again um okay so are there any interesting looking disguised devils near us that we could talk to I mean, there's a group of people near you. You see that guy who, uh, who like, sort of invited you in. He looks like an incredibly average man. He is of average height, short brown hair, brown eyes. Uh, he is about as nondescript as a person could be. Can I give them a name? Go ahead. Clarkus Kentor? Clarkus Kentor. Uh, he has a name. You just never asked about it. <laughs> and so he's 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 walking next to you guys. There's a, there's a bunch of people. Uh, it's a crowd. You're in a crowd. Bert looks over at him uh, and says, "You know, your disguise is absolutely just flawless." Well, thank you. You know, we get so little credit for the actual like illusions, you know? Like I like to think of it as an art. Hmm. Like you got to you got to start somewhere with the trickery and it all starts with like selling them on like look how Look how innocent I am. Look how harmless I am. You know, like you have to project that right from the start or you're never going to trick anybody. Uh, you know, you're very, very right. However, I, you know, I just heard about this really amazing, I guess, deals or tricks. Well, are you talking about our, our jobs? Tricks. Or, I mean, we trick people, but it's the name of getting deals. Oh, God, you guys were Lemures, weren't you? What? Okay, listen up, Lemures. <laughs> All right, here's how it works. We make deals by tricking them. We have to word the deal so that as soon as they do something that goes against their convictions, we acquire their soul. The soul, as it may have been described to you by now, I'm sure you read your brochures, yeah. is, is concentrated willpower. We can have them betray their natures, making their willpowers forfeit, and then when they die, their souls that we've taken in the name of Master Portablat are sent, instead of to an afterlife, to Master Portablat. So he becomes stronger. 
until he can turn this demiplane into the tenth circle of hell. Perfect. I, I just heard that Ingdok had this incredible one that he had. I think just recently, too. Roll your insight. Um, that is a 14. This guy, Clarkus Kentis, says to you, like, yeah, Ingdok's the best. He uh, he just got this great pull. Like, he made a deal where he didn't have to fulfill anything. Didn't have to exchange any of Portablat's power to make it work. Just, boop. Got, you know, betrayed the better nature. And now as soon as that person's dead, their soul's going, boom, right up to the big guy. It's, uh, it's good work. It's good work. Yeah. But do you know anything specific about it? I mean, I don't want to be a copycat, but... You have to learn somehow, and, well, we did just you know, kind of... You know, I, I actually did hear a little bit about it. Um, you know, here, come with me. We're on this tour, right? I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll see it, too. I'll point it out when it happens. Hmm. Right. By the way, my name is... Uh, he's like, he looks down at his, at his human form and then looks up and gives you a big air quotes. Like, my name is Henry. Right? Mm. Right? <laughs> like, a, like a guy? Oh, that's, that's just great. Twilight... Me- meantime is like looking at their notes and going i just don't understand why we get one day for 200 years i mean like does is it cumulative what about all the years we spent as lemure does that add up do i actually have more pto than i thought and twilight is just kind of like ranting to themselves about the unreasonable hours <laughs> <laughs> and as you do that as you do that the tour begins its first its first stop which is sort of the showstopper of the tour and you enter a room full of cages. All the cages seem to be empty, though. These cages are, are large enough to hold, like, a... You probably hold a bison in one of these. Um, and the, the, whole, the whole crowd of people stops at one, and you can't really see which, which cage they've stopped in. Uh, and you hear Ingdok say, uh, This here is our, uh, our only test subject for right now, uh, but we will use her to test your illusion magic. And uh, once she goes crazy, uh, we'll just get rid of her and we'll find you guys a new one. So test your deceptions on this one. This is a, it's a live mortal. And we will... Uh, that's really it. So everyone uh, get a chance to say hello. You'll be spending a lot of time in here. And we will move on. And Ingdok starts leading the group, sort of like a little half circle around the room, and then uh, out. It's like, we'll be filling these cages more as we find more mortals that we can't fully corrupt. Uh, for right now, we just have the one you all have to learn how to share. Or I will come kill you. And then he just leaves. And he gives you a little half circle around, and in the cage, and when it's finally your turn, uh, you see a little girl who looks to be maybe 12 years old, with pointy ears, uh, blonde hair down to her shoulders, and bright green eyes. Around her ankle is a ball of some kind of blue-white metal with a chain, and it seems sealed with powerful magic. There's no lock or joint on the circlet of metal around her ankle, just a contiguous ring of mysterious metal. And she is, uh, she's looking up at the group. She's sitting in the back of the cage, looking up, and the expression on her face is fairly, uh, vacant. Not not unconscious and not, like, blown away, but vacant in the sense of almost disinterested in this group of people walking by her. Hey, uh, Henry? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, what's your name? Oh, hi, um, I am, 
Oh, man. Oh, it's always hard to remember those tiefling names, you know? They have those names. Uh, oh, goodness. Yeah. You, you want, do you want me to... You want me to just throw you one? Uh, no, I could come up with one. Hold on. Just give me a second. You're going to have to be a little snappier than this when you're on the material plane. Okay. All right. Uh, it's uh, um, Albinsite. Al- Albinsite. Yeah. Albinsite. That is correct. Henry face palms and he says Lemures. Okay. Albinsite. And uh, the tall one is... Tyrannosaurus Ketch. Dragonborn have those kooky names, you know. And uh, and you, little guy. Oh, um, I thought that I would run with um, Metron. Well, Albin Sight, Tyrannosaurus Ketch, and Metron. God, Lemures. Um, nice to meet you, I suppose, you guys. We're here to learn. I would say uh. so. And uh, with a with a snicker, Henry walks off to rejoin the group. So we're standing there with uh, the girl. Yeah, the uh, the rest of the tour is is leaving right now. It's just the three of you in the room, and you know, and you get it. You're separated from the group mm. now. Does the sealed restraint uh, look at all familiar to Bert? Ooh, good question. Uh, hit me with some of that. Well, does Bert know anything about metalwork? Would have known a little bit from family trade. Oh, a gnome! It was a gnome thing. Sort of. It would have come from because uh, father was a locksmith. But yeah, that they had lots of tinkering and, and messing around with metalwork and stuff. So okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this one to okay. you then. This is a this is a almost legendary kind of metal. Uh, it is adamantine, and you have only ever really heard about it. Uh, the fact that it's such a, a distinguished blue and white marbled pattern is what really makes it stand out. Like, you could identify this uh, pretty quickly, and at first you didn't think it was real or it couldn't be real. Adamantine can only be forged in, like, basically hot lava. It is almost impossible to work, and most tinkerers choose to just ignore it and avoid it. We're talking about a, a metal so secure that oftentimes if it's if it's tempered the right way, even magic will bounce harmlessly off of it. Yet somehow the ring of metal around her ankle seems to be like one continuous sealed ring of metal around her ankle. She, uh, the little girl sees you staring up at her and she says, what? Someone's looking for you. And it caused her to tilt her head a little bit. Uh, looks like whoever was looking for me found me. And she squints at you. Mm, nope, not yet. She stands up and uh, you hear a dragging across of metal against metal as she pulls the, the ball across the, uh, across the cage. And she has to stop for a second, grab it with both hands, pull it, and then take another step, pull it, take another step. Until she's walking right up to you and she says... You're not in disguises. What was your first clue? The fact that you're not in disguises. No one here... How do I describe this to you? Um, you're just not? And that's kind of dangerous. Twilight looks at the girl and goes, You talk very maturely for a 12-year-old. She looks at you and is like, I don't know what you mean, I'm just 12. All right. 
So if we break the cage, I'm pretty sure I can lift both her and the weights, and we can get out of here. But, but if we do that, we won't get our raises. Torn just slowly looks at Twilight, and then chops them on the head. Twilight's now unconscious. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's worse. Twilight's dead now. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's a series wrap on Twilight. Thank you, everyone. Um, for those of you, uh, okay. Feng Wang, who are listening to this recording of our episode, I know you only got to listen to two, and you missed a lot of early context, but thank you for that. Uh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Show's over, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so what are you guys trying to do here? Yeah. A breakout? A heist? Uh, but more specifically. I guess is the cage breakable? What's the cage made of? Are we alone in the cage with this girl now? You're not in the cage. Uh, she's in the cage. You're outside of the cage. Yeah, but are we are we alone in this room with the cage with the girl? Like, have, has everyone else moved on with the tour? Yes. Okay. Like, like, do you do you check the door to the room? Like, it's still open. Yeah, I checked the but door. But it seems like everyone else is Do we check the left. room to see that we're alone? Yeah, looking around, there doesn't seem to be anybody Can I around. roll perception to be 100% sure? Please do. 16 plus the 3 of perception plus the 1 of wisdom. Someone's still outside the door looking in on you. And it looks like it's probably Henry. It's a little far away, but it looks like Henry is still checking in. Okay, so Twilight looks at Torin and, and Vert and goes, Hey, Tyrannosaurus, um... You should really get some practice in, because I think Henry was laughing at us. Uh, I'm going to go talk to him and see if he can give me some advice here. And I go over to Henry and start chatting up a storm and walking him back towards the tour, leaving Torin and Vert behind. Well, Henry's actually going to interact with you here. Uh, he looks at you he's like, uh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we've just never seen that thingy before, the glowy, the glowy bit. We wanted to know if we could have it. The glowy bit? I don't know, the the, Which, the middle blue chain glowy thingy on her leg. Isn't that cool? Yeah, dude, adamantine. Almost impossible to find in the material plane. You gotta make it out of, like, the weirdest stuff, and then you have to craft it, you gotta find the right sort of tortured soul to trick into actually making it for you. It's really cool stuff. Do we get weapons out of it? And Twilight is, like, talking to Henry and walking if, towards the if you could find If you could find a single person who can craft it... Oh, that'd be really awesome. I mean, I mean, you have no idea what it costs just to make these ball and chain setups for all these captures. I mean, look at all these captures, right? I mean, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, uh, what happened? Oh, uh, well, you see, we can only take the ones that we've found to be impossible to corrupt. Otherwise, you're wasting stock. Now, it could be a code gray. Like, as soon as someone's, like, uncorruptible, like, they send their devil away. Well, then it, that's a code gray. And then we gotta send in some collectors to to wipe the whole stock before a rebellion forms, you know? Because oh, we just that's a whole headache. Like the last thing we need is like a big war going on on the inside. We gotta keep control, you know? A whole bunch of people rising up is just a just a just a big mess. Yeah, but like, how would a whole bunch of people be able to rise up against us? I mean, we have all the weapons and all the power. What could they? What could they possibly hope to do? You know? Oh, right. Like like sometimes sometimes like. One devil is just assigned to, like, a big number of people. And then you have to make sure you corrupt all of them. Like, you have to corrupt them as, like, a group project, right? Right? And then, like, that all has to go... That all has to go great. And then once that goes great, 
then then it's the best. Like that's a huge pickup, right? But then if if like if that devil gets chased away, that whole group of people, uh, you know, they're all forfeit, and then we gotta kill them all off before like a rebellion starts. And then like if if enough people in here chase their devils away, then it's just it's just chaos, right? And I know I know we're evil, like don't like I love it. Don't get me wrong, like it's the best, but like we're not like chaotic, you know. We're not chaotic and evil, you know, whatever you'd call that. We're, we're, we like order. We like understanding, you know? We like a, there's a system in place to move the evil efficiently, right? That's what I really like about this organization. Like, that's what I believe in. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to make sure we have been walking back towards the tour group, leaving Torn and Vert behind, right? No, you're still in the Oh, uh, I was talking and walking. That's what I wanted to do. Talking and walking. Uh, <laughs> And he, he, okay, well, let's assume we are talking and walking. Then Henry says, like, look, I know you guys, you guys seem like you're setting up for a pretty good prank in there. But it's, it's day one, like, and if all you're going to do is let, like, you're going to let her out, then, like, that's going to be, oh, it's going to be so bad. You guys are going to get in so much trouble. Like, you guys really want to, like, confuse? Then let me tell you about something here. And he, he... Henry reaches out, puts an arm on your shoulder, and pulls Twilight in. He's like, all right, listen up. Here, Albin Sight. Albin Sight. Oh, man. Oh, God. Okay, Lemure. Listen up. Ingdok has only been the headmaster here for, like, a day, right? And they gave him all this new stuff. He's got in his office right now, and as you're walking down the hallway, you see that big forbidden golden archway door. He's pointing at that, like, in his office is a map to the whole castle. What? Right? 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 And I don't know if you noticed, but he's he's in illusion right now. He's got an illusory form on. You may have noticed, Lemure. Anyway, the necktie's not a necktie, dude. He's got one of the keys. He's got a cheater's key. Dude, he's got he's got a map and a key to this place, and he just got it like he just got those he just earned like the trust from that so you really want to like you want to do something that gets to like the big guy in here dude go go get that map he's gonna freak out it's gonna be so funny dude oh my god do you want to help us because that would be so funny oh my god yes oh my god oh my god i love a prank oh this is yes. gonna be so yes. good it's gonna be so hey hey guys tyrannosaurus hey uh metron is it metron hold on yeah. like actually Okay, yeah. Transformers, Metron, come here, come here, come here. Yeah, and like, yeah. I, I'm acting very conspiratorially with them now. Yeah, what, now, what's going on? Henry here said that we can pull off the greatest prank of all time, and we can take Indoc's map. He just started here. Oh, that is so much better than messing around with the, the old target back there. Yeah, who needs to get the target? We could take the map and the key. Oh, it's going to be so good. Wait, Henry, 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 buddy. I'm here, yes. If you help us if you help us out, what's in it for you, though, pal? Like, we just love, you know us, we just love good pranks. But, like, what are you in it for? Because, dude, it's going to be so funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. And you all, you all seem like all right guys, right? Like, we're all, we're all cool here, huh? Huh? He's, like, elbowing Torin a little bit. Like, you guys were cool, right? 
Oh, yeah. Torn gives like a fake smirk and gives like a full power slap to the back. Ha ha. Yes. We like fun. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Cool. Look. Look, look. I will tell you guys perfect time. We'll set this all up. Look, we're going to get our dorms tonight. Let's wait for everyone to be asleep. Let's go in there. Let's get that map, all right? You feeling me? You guys feeling me right now? Oh, my God. It's going to be so, so good. Wait, are we going to be bunk buddies? I don't know. Maybe when we're stealing the map, maybe instead we should have stolen, like, bunk arrangements. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out, man. All right. All right. We got this. Okay. So, everyone, tonight we're all going to get together. And we're going to figure this out, and it's going to be so cool. Heck yeah. Yes. Go. I apologize for disturbing each of you. I realize that your entertainment is important. But may I speak to young Kevin? About what? Never you mind, young Mitch. I am simply concerned for his well-being. Please, give us the room. Come on, Mitchie. Let's head to the base's game room. I heard they got some really good stuff in their archives for us to try. Wait. Guys, don't just... Great. Okay, I guess I'll go too. See you, Kev. Okay, uh... Bye, guys. So... What's up? Young Kevin, I am concerned that you may have suffered some brain damage during Burning Man. Brain damage... You mean because of what happened with... We have some special treatment here. It hasn't been used for a millennia. I believe it will help balance you. Would you be willing to try? I don't know if that... It would allow you to speak freely and openly with Amelia without issue. Perhaps you can discover the truth of her appearance? That sounds... Yeah. I would like that. Excellent. I'll be by later with our doctor to prepare you. Dear listeners, I am excited to announce that our overseers are allowing me to take a peek at some of Duraki's most well-kept secrets. That's right. I have received special permission to not only take a peek at our historical documents, but to read them all to you. I can't believe it. Now, a lot of the information is redacted, but never fear. I have been assured that if I read the documents as written, they will be interpreted just as intended. Of course, to do this justice, I will need some time to acquire and peruse these documents. So, perhaps another time. Until then, I feel that I owe it to all of you to mention that things with Capitaine Larong have been progressing. I know that it has been quite some time since you've heard from him, but he tells me he's planning on stationing himself somewhere in the city. I am uncertain where, because every time I ask, he says he is forbidden to tell me, and 
feels that I am a liability, which is such lovely dirty talk, and not entirely appropriate to tell all of you. But honesty is the most important part of any relationship. So, as soon as I am done here today, I have every intention of stepping away and do- Oh, um, well, one moment. Uh, Elijah. Oh, oh, yes, um, Elijah is my new station assistant. The overseers were so impressed with my work with the burning men that they- uh, Yes, Elijah. Uh, no, please tell Captain Lavrong that I accept his challenge and will be jumping into my WHB soon and finding him. Well, yes. Y yes, I do realize he sounds angry, but that's just how we communicate. Well, you don't understand love, Elijah, and that's why you're an assistant. <sighs> Anyway, my lovely listeners, I have a date, but do not worry. Elijah has assured me that he is willing to DJ while I'm away. So stay tuned for some poorly chosen music by my inept assistant. Thank you, and keep living your truth. Hey, it's J-Mark again. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of Tabletop for the End of the World. This is the start of our third arc, which I don't have a name for yet, so hopefully when this goes live you'll hear a name for it by that point. But please, please, please continue tweeting, Instagramming, Facebooking, telling the world and your friends and loved ones via social media about our podcast using the hashtag UnpluggedRising. Doing so really helps us a lot, and most importantly, helps us track who is doing so, and we can make you into an NPC. People like Donna Lee, named after Donna Lee, at Frigga Loves You on Twitter. Or people like Gerhardt, named after Stephanie Lisa Gerhardt, friend of the show and producer of Black Sheep Video Gaming on YouTube, at Black Sheep Video on Twitter. Anyway, uh, that's it from me. Our next episode is two weeks from today, which is wild because it's the day before our live show, and that is coming on May 24th. Holy crap, we're already halfway through the year. I can't believe it, but that's really exciting. Um, hope to see you soon. Please continue engaging with us. We love hearing from you. We love chatting with you. And uh, yeah. Oh, and before I forget, remember... The Overseers are always watching.